Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church of Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Wow, it's incredible to be here. I just have to tell you, we've been dreaming about this day for a long time. And uh, thank you for all that helped. Many of you came early and cleaned chairs and helped set up. So thank you to Jonathan, to Greg, to our whole team that's been helping out this morning already. And uh, it's just great to be in or around the house of the Lord. This, does this count as inside the house of the Lord? I think it does, right? This, is, this counts. So uh, it's been a strange season, hasn't it? Let me ask you a question. As we get into God's Word, we've been in the Sermon on the Mount, this whole teaching of Jesus where he explains his way, and it's really his way of interpreting the Old Testament, really. How do I live based on God's law? Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to destroy it, and he's been explaining all these weeks how it works. Well, let me ask you, as he sums this up in Matthew seven twelve through 14, how do you want to be treated? How do you want to be treated? And that's a key question for us as we consider how we treat others. How do I want to be treated? During this pandemic, it's been critical to listen to those around you, hasn't it? Some of you are like, you know what? I go to the store. I don't, I'm not afraid. I, I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm not worried about any of that. And this bug is trying to get me... Um, but you may live in a house with those who say, you know what, I have an issue, and I don't want to have any risk of getting this virus. I couldn't handle it. My body couldn't take it. It would be awful if I got sick. And some of you have had to adjust your normal routine in order to protect those around you. You've treated those around you in such a way that they wanted to be treated. They needed to be treated. It wasn't necessarily what you needed, but it was what they needed. And you've adjusted your life in that way. It's interesting that a mask, it doesn't really protect you, does it? It protects those around you. And so that is kind of the essence of the teaching of the golden rule. Sadly, this week, African-American man was killed while in, while in police protection, in custody. And our nation has responded to that in a very a powerful way, and there's been a lot of sad things that have happened as a result. Um, some of you may be saying, you know what, um, I don't understand that there's a lot of other things for us to be worried about than someone dying in police custody. There's millions of babies that have been aborted. There's 100,000 COVID deaths. But you know what else? In our city, there have been 10 people who have died of overdose in the last, 10, last week. There are all kinds of disasters around the world. But we shouldn't go around saying, you know what, there's worse disasters than someone dying in police custody. It's also a tragedy. If we care about life, we care about every life. It's so important that we reach out and say, you know what, I care about those who are hurting over this issue, and it matters. We don't need to say, well, which is worse, this or that. They're all bad. The fact that people feel oppressed in our country, afraid, is a terrible thing. We need to all care about that, whatever the color of your skin is. Because it matters how people feel. Are they, do they feel oppressed? 
You know, you say, well, I, I don't know if I can possibly feel the way someone else of a different race might feel. You know what? You probably can't completely, but you can make an effort. When I travel to one of my favorite nations, the nation of Jamaica, I feel very, very white. Amen? I feel, and I look very, very white. And ever you stick out. And I have to tell you, if I were in Jamaica and I heard about a white man dying in police custody, I would feel very, very vulnerable. I would feel very, very concerned, alarmed. It's the closest I can come to knowing how people feel who are of color when they see someone die in police custody. It's so important in these days to not brush everybody with the same paintbrush and assume that every police officer is bad, because they're not. They're fabulous people, but there are problems in our nation. And we need to be aware of that. We need to care about those who feel oppressed, who feel afraid. It's also very important that we not say, well, listen, those, those looters, they drown out the message of those who legitimately have concerns. We need to really be careful when we consider those who aren't like us and listen to the message and not just write them off because some of the people with them did some really bad things. Looting is wrong. Destroying other people's property is wrong. But it doesn't mean there's not a message here. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to those who feel oppressed and concerned and alarmed. Because honestly, that's what Jesus teaches us to do with the golden rule. I want us to take just a minute right now to pray for our nation and to pray for reconciliation, to pray for everyone to have a sense of worth and value and protection. So would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we know that we cannot understand and we cannot completely walk in someone else's shoes, but Lord, may we try. May we care enough to treat people the way we would want to be treated if they were them. Lord, as we study your word today, help us hear your message. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. And if you have your Bibles, love for you to open those. If you have your tablet, your phone. If you're at home uh, eating uh, a bagel and brunch and coffee on your couch and your jammies, go ahead and open up your Word of God, and you can worship along with us today. It's so important for us to get used to looking at the Word of God. We don't have any screens up here, uh, so if you don't open the Word of God, I could just be making this all up. So I want to make sure that you're seeing the Word of God. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Matthew chapter 7, verses 12, 13, and 14. The Bible says this. So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And then continuing to verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destructions. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. Now, if you grew up in Sunday school, if you grew up in the church, you know this passage as the golden rule, right? You've heard this your whole life. Treat others the way you want to be treated. When I was a kid, I would adjust this to treat my sisters the way they treated me. Amen? Right? That's, that's, that's my adjustment. It's a slight adjustment, 
It's an invalid adjustment, but it seems to work. It's, it's treat others, turn about as fair play, right? But that's not what this verse says, is it? Verse 12 says, For whatever you wish, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. It sounds a lot like another law, doesn't it? That Jesus was asked in Matthew 22, he was asked, what is the greatest of all the laws? What's the most important thing for us to know in the law? And Jesus said this, you should love what? The Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. There should be a sense that I'm loving others as I would want to be loved. It's a very simple standard, and it's one that's always available. How do I want to be treated? I need to think about how I would want to be treated. How do I love others the way that I would want to be loved? Now, got to be careful here because sometimes we would say, well, you know, I would want to be treated this way because of where I'm at. And not really even consider where the person you're, oh, that breeze feels good. Did you feel that? Yeah, ooh, it's coming right at me. That feels good. Um, how would I want to be treated? And I can just go, well, that wouldn't bother me. But can you put yourself in the place of those around you? Can you walk uh, a mile in their shoes? Can you consider how you would want to be treated if you were them? It's interesting that Jesus steps into reality. He steps into the world. He, does, he steps into the world not thinking about himself, but thinking about what we needed, right? He says they need a king. And you see Jesus looking out at the people saying they're like a sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus is saying, I've come to give them what they need. He doesn't come to rescue. I mean, he doesn't come to oppress. He comes to rescue. He doesn't come to fine and to tax. He comes to pay off debt. He doesn't come to tell us we're not good enough. He comes to be good on our behalf. You see, Jesus didn't need a Savior, but I do. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't just do what was good for him. He did what was best for me. See, that's what this law means, to treat each other the way we would want to be treated. It's not what I need, it's what the person I'm around needs. And how do I bless them? So when you think about it, think about others around you. Think about their, and you say, well, Steve, I, how do I do that? I don't, I don't know how to do that. Well, listen, we do it all the time, and here's some of the ways we do it. You don't talk to a new mother the way you would talk to a new widow, right? You consider where they are, don't you? You don't talk to a friend who just lost a job the same way you talk to a friend who just got a promotion, right? You don't talk to a child the same way you would talk to an adult. We always consider who we're talking to. So when you think about this, think about what you would want. If you had lung disease, would you want someone breathing all over you right now? If you were black, would you want someone to care about another person who was oppressed and who died in police custody? If you were gay, would you want to be valued and respected? Try to put yourself in the position of those around you. If you were poor, would you want to be fed? 
If you were mourning, would you want to be comforted? If you needed direction, would you want to be counseled? If you needed to develop, would you want to be mentored? This is not manipulating people. This is not making up rules for how people should treat you. It's not vengeance. It's living the way Jesus has described throughout the Sermon on the Mount. See, Jesus, throughout these these three chapters, Matthews 5, 6, and 7, he said, listen, here's how to live a blessed life. Be a spiritual beggar. Be needy before the Lord. God, I need to be filled by you. Be repentant. Be mourning over sin. Recognize I never completely arrive. Be a peacemaker. Be someone who delivers mercy. Expect that you might be, re- might be mistreated. Preserve what would otherwise be rotting. Jesus said be salt and be light. Enlighten those in darkness. He says live a life where your outside actions match your inward heart. Don't just be so satisfied that you haven't murdered anyone, but rather deal with the anger that's coming out of you. Let God deal with that as you repent of that. Don't just be satisfied that you haven't had an affair or committed adultery, but deal with the lust within your heart. And live a life that's not all show. There's a lot of show going on right now, isn't there? There's a lot of people trying to act godly and act a certain way. Be genuine. Jesus says, don't do your actions before men to be given some kind of credit, but rather make sure that you're right with the Lord and that you're genuine inside. Live a life of prayer to fit into God's plan. Live a life of peace rather than anxiety. Live a life of forgiveness. Live a life that says, I'm going to get rid of the planks in my eye so I can give pearls to those around me. See, this is the way of Jesus. This is a person who can treat others the way he would want to be treated. But we need to understand the peop- that there's people on another road. There's people on another way. In verse 13 and 14, Jesus illustrates this. Now, a lot of people might say, you know what, I don't know how these two, verse- these two sets of verses go together. We have the golden rule, and then we have this idea that we're supposed to be on a, a narrow path versus a broad path. How are these two things related? So here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying the narrow path is the way of Jesus. The narrow path is the golden rule. And incidentally, it says at the end of the golden rule, it says this is, this is, the, um, this is the prophets and the law, this idea of treating others the way you want to be treated. This sums up all that I've told you. Treat others the way you would want to be treated if you were them. Because there's a narrow gate and there's a wide road. Not everyone is going to find that narrow gate. It's really hard to find, and only a few are going to find it. But if we're not walking the way of Jesus, we're not walking the narrow road. And we're not able to help others walk that road as well. Look at verse 13 and 14. It says this. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. For those who enter it are many. 
For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. If you're not treating others the way you would want to be treated if you were them, you're not likely on the road to Jesus. You're not likely on that narrow road. That is the indication that you're on that road. A lot of us walk the way of the flesh. Pastor and author John Mark Comer has an excellent book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And in that book, he describes this idea of simplicity as the way of Jesus. And he talks about how we're manipulated by our culture right now to want the things of our culture. He says this, he said, Freud was one of the first modern thinkers to point out that human beings aren't nearly as rational and autonomous as we like to think. We constantly make irrational decisions based on what were called unconscious drives, similar to what the New Testament calls the flesh. We are far more emotionally tricked and desire-driven than we care to admit. The Nazis, of all people, they picked up Freud's ideas and used them to shape their propaganda machine. They appealed not to reason, but to Germany's unconscious drives. Get this, Hitler was a master of fanning the two most basic human emotions, I want and I fear. Think about that. Do you see that around in your culture? Do you see that in yourself? The way that you're manipulated is through I want and I fear, our desires and what I'm afraid of. That's the way most people are walking right now. That's the broad road that leads to destruction. That is the opposite of the way of Jesus. Because it's kind of, it's a fearful thing to treat people the way you would want to be treated, isn't it? To say, I'm going to step out and I'm going to love someone who may not love me back and may even hurt me. I'm going to care for those I don't understand who are not like me. I'm going to step into an uncomfortable position to be the way of Jesus for someone so that they can find the narrow road. People will never listen to the people of God until they love others in the way that Jesus did. They're never going to listen. And the gospel falls flat when we don't have a life that backs it up. So if you want grace, deliver grace. If you want forgiveness, deliver forgiveness. If you want to not be judged for your shortcomings, don't judge others for theirs. I mean, so often in our culture we say, well, this person did this, and this person is this type of person, and this person believes this, and they're of this political ilk, and they're, they're all, we've got all these reasons not to listen to one another. We need to deliver to others what we would need if we were them. That's the way of Jesus. If you want others to love you when you don't deserve it, love others when they don't deserve it. Isn't that what Jesus did? We didn't deserve for him to come and die for us. But he did it anyway. He did what we needed, not even what we said we wanted. If you want help when you're desperate, help others who are desperate. Let me ask you, are you traveling the way of Jesus? In all of the craziness of our culture right now, from Hurricane Dorian to the COVID crisis to now the racial crisis that we face in our nation today, where is it focusing your heart? Do you find yourself just simply wringing your hands, I don't know how we're going to get through this? Or do you see this 
as an opportunity for God to draw his people to himself. For us to think about what really matters, I mean, so much of us want to say, I'm just ready for things to be okay again. For things to be okay, it means God's people have to be a repentant people, loving others the way they would want to be loved if they were them. That's how things are okay. Don't wish for a time of just simple pastoral peace and everything's okay. Look at what God is doing through the crisis. The opportunity to move people from worshiping rest or worshiping doing nothing or worshiping relaxation to worshiping Jesus Christ. Worshiping wealth to worshiping Jesus Christ. Worshiping position and power to worshiping Jesus Christ. To where He actually matters in our lives more than anything else. I hope during these crises you're on your face before the Lord God. We want to be a people that worships you, that represents you well that care for those who are not like us, that would sacrifice for those who are not like us. This is the way of Jesus. He didn't stay on His throne and say, those people down there are so messed up, there's nothing I can do. What did He do? He came, put on flesh, and gave His life for you and I. That's why we are what we are if we're followers of Jesus Christ. Mourn over what's happening, but also... Look at what God is doing through what's happening. Rejoice that he is confronting us with who we are and who we need to be. And in the end, the most critical thing we can do is to travel the way of Jesus so others can find it as well. Live the golden rule so people can find the narrow way. They're never going to find it unless they see you walking the narrow way as well. Are you walking that way? Some of you have said, man, over these days, I've, I've come closer to God than I ever have. I'm stuck in my house. What else am I going to do but read my Bible and pray? I hope that's true, right? During these days, as things do change and continue to adjust, don't miss the opportunity to grow closer to Jesus. Ask him, God, how can I know how to bless those around me? Give me the insight to be able to walk in their shoes as much as possible. Help me love them the way you love me, Jesus. For some of us, we need to come before the Lord and say, God, I'm sorry, I've been focused on my wealth and my way of life, and now that it's disrupted, I want to focus on you, and I want to live the way you want me to live. Some may say, you know what, Steve, I'm, I don't, I've never experienced that. I, I've lived my life kind of under a set of rules, but not filled with the Spirit, not being saved by grace. And you may need to pray that prayer today to say, Jesus, would you save me? Because this world is clearly not going to last forever. Oh, my prayer is that today you would say that prayer as we pray here in just a moment. Because Jesus Christ came to live the life that was best for us so that we could find the narrow way. And he calls his people to live the way of Jesus so people can find that way as well. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.